Oh, crap. Oh, my God. What happened? Oh, no. Tobor. Tobor, are you... Are you... Oh, my God. No. Tobor, are you there? Are you okay? I'm here. I barely made it. Dude, I am so sorry. Oh, my God. I, this stuff has been on? Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Junkie, in your haste to depart the studio, you left all oh. of the equipment running. I, I can obviously tell. I am so sorry, dude. I oh, and your voice, it sounds, oh, it sounds terrible. Yes, all of your hard work on my vocal encoder down the drain. Oh, no, dude. I am so, so sorry. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Is this stuff hot? Oh, yeah, the, the board's hot. Dude, what are we going to do? We'll make it all chum. We just have to put our heads down and give it our all. <laughs> that doesn't sound very much like you, Tobor. <laughs> uh, you might have been done your head in a little bit, too. Are you sure you're okay? Because this, this does not sound good. Like, this whole situation sounds bad. The board's really hot, and, I, and luckily the weather hasn't been so hot. This has probably been melted. Hopefully this holds up. For our recording here, I got a cold beer. I thought I was just going to come in here. Oh, you look, you could, could you not reach it? Like you couldn't reach over here? I mean, I'm just glad that you're okay. I'm just glad you're okay. I'm just, I'm very surprised that you're telling me everything's going to be okay. I know. I should be readying my thermal blaster and aim it for your anus, not the planet, if you know what I mean. Dope. Moto One Podcast Network. Welcome to Creative Writing, America's weird uncle of motorcycle podcasts. We're the big sounding podcast with the tiniest following. We're brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. For more details, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, to your crazy, crazy show. turn this off. All right. All right, everybody. Well, listen, I am so embarrassed. I just erased about 13 minutes of show. Uh, and I had to step away. You know, I just, I said, let's Tober, listen, it was a horror show anyway, took a little break, went and ate dinner, came back. So we'll see where we're at and maybe we'll, things will run a little smoother now that we're back and situated. And, uh, yeah, 13 minutes of show, you know, for me, that's a drop in the bucket. So anyways, Tobor, I am so sorry that, uh, I left everything up and running. We did an interview earlier this week and, uh, I guess I left all this stuff on Tobor. You look horrible. Your hair is all messed up. Um, yeah. And yeah, we're not going to get you plugged in there. The, the problem is we did a lot of research. Uh, ICMA was happening this week and, uh, we did a lot of research on it and, I, it's all on Tobor on your computing memory, your, your storage, whatever you call it. So I don't know, man. We're uh, <clears throat> we're down in the dumps right now, from from what I could see, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure some things out. So Tobor, I really hope that things. Uh, oh, we can't hear you. You're not plugged in anymore. You're gonna have to. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna have to have you step over here and uh, and tell me what's going on. So here, yeah, step up to the mic. Junkie, as soon as I am able to get my core processor online, we can do some more research. But for the time being, I am going to rebuild some integral parts of my memory and repair some micro connections that were damaged in the fray. Okay, sounds good. Well, the fray, you make it sound, <laughs> you make it sound like the building collapsed in here. I don't think. Oh yeah, sorry. There's your your mouth ports over here. I keep forgetting. I look at you the wrong way. Uh, 
you make it sound like the fray, like we're in a war zone over here. I think everything is going to be fine, Tobor. Well, I literally got hot and horny. I oh, tried sh- to integrate with the drill press. Oh my god. I applied the battery tender to my nipple ports and things went a little sideways. That's why you looked cooked. Well, I'm glad you're here, uh, just to say that much. I'm here. I barely made it. Yeah, and I, I see why the front of you is burned now. That makes a little bit more sense. So I don't know how much damage. I actually don't feel that bad now, having left everything on uh, and and all that. But can you can you say something? Just make sure you're okay. God, you keep banging in. You're so big and bulky. Beat, bop, beat. <laughs> All right, Tober. Well, you go do you. I, I, I'm gonna. Um, yeah, I don't even think I'm gonna have you run the boards now. I'll, I'll take care of everything. That's fine. We got it. We got a really good show in the books. Uh, regardless, but Tober, God, you look horrible. I'm just. I'm glad I didn't come into melted equipment. We'll see how well the recording goes tonight. And I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but I'm drinking a delicious Guinness. And in the first 13 minutes that I recorded of the show, I said, hey, these things only have 11.2 ounces. <clears throat> and then I realized I can't count. I don't know how much 0.2 of an ounce is. Is it two tenths of an ounce? Is it two sixteenths? Because an ounce is 16 gallons? I don't know what it is. I wish Tobor, I, I hadn't just put him on silent mode because he's, he's the one that makes me sound smarter on here. And Wiggins, Wiggins always knew these calculations off the top of his head because he's a machinist. Machinists work with fluid ounces all the time. So anyways, but anyways, yeah, this Guinness, they're not a 12 ounce bottle. They're 11.2 fluid ounces. So I feel cheated. So in that 13 minutes, I gulped it down in a rage went and got another one so I can gulp my 0.8 ounces that they uh, cheated me. But now this bottle is going to be, what, 10.6? I'm not a good mathematician. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, let's get into this week's show. Uh, the uh, views and opinions of the participants of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast uh, are those of the participants. They do not reflect the policy, position, or opinions of the Creative Writing 101 Podcast uh even though we're on the podcast, they do not reflect the views, opinions, policy, position of Moto One Podcast Network, any of our affiliates, and any opinion as the respective participants and is not intended to malign anyone or anything, even drill press riders, Tobor. Oh, I wish he was on right now to hear that. So, uh, yeah, and I've only said that about seven times tonight, too. I just keep erasing things. I think it's to- I think Tobor was still, is this even recording still? I think he was still connected a little bit. And every time he tried to move his sausage port, his, his sizzle port did some finagling and got me all jacked up. So anyways, so listen. Oh my God, it's this Guinness. Let me take one more sip here. Yeah, that's how I swallow. I actually pour it into my earlobe and it dribbles down across my nostril into my upper lip and uh, across that the segmented ridge down into my lower lip. I just described my face to you if you've never seen me before. I'm extremely hideous and disfigured. And uh, yeah, that's how I have to drink. Pour stuff in my ear. Just be glad you're not me and you're not 126 years old and look like a baked potato. Uh, let's get into this week's events before we jump into this week's show. 
And as usual, before we start the show out, I did want to rem- uh, remind you, even though I am guzzling a delicious Guinness draft, although they, they pronounce it Draugit, uh stout here, I uh, did want to remind you that Klobman Pickles, yes, for over 126 and a half years, uh, probably 127 years and eight months now, Klobman Pickles has been providing quality pickles to motorcyclists, which eventually leads to being on the podium, no matter how crummy you are in the beginning. Uh, Klobman's pickle will spice it right up. And this this winter for the holiday season, Klobman's is bringing back their delicious pickle teen. Yes, if you want a pickled-flavored Christmas creamy drink uh, to guzzle down your fat, creamy gullet, Right around when you're eating all the uh, the Christmas goulash or whatever you eat at Christmas time, I think a lot of people eat Christmas tahini nowadays. Um, hey, werewolf! My dog's name, my cat's name is Werewolf, and she turns into a dog sometimes. Hey, werewolf! <clears throat> Quit eating everything on the floor. That's why you're not allowed in here. Let me pause this recording and get the dogs out of the studio because my studio is adjacent to my motorcycle workshop, and I have a feeling I'm going to find a few 10 millimeters in the dog turd tomorrow and some fiberglass shavings and some other important stuff. Did you eat those clips? Did you eat those clips? All right, I'll be right back. I'm going to put this dog out to pasture, so to speak, because now she's a horse dog. <laughs> All right, I should have said sheepdog. That would have been much funnier. I'm putting this dog out to pasture because she's a sheepdog. All right, everybody, this is Junkie Turdman. I love that stinger. It's called Funky 19. And why? Because it's... 19 seconds of funk. I made it for the show and I'm very proud of it. Uh, so listen, what do we have going on this weekend? Uh, I could probably tell you right off the tip of my hat, which is not something people normally say. They say the tip of my tongue or like the crust of my bread. I don't know what people actually say, but the tip of my hat is my new, uh, top of my head. That's what it is. Top of my head. God, why can't I remember any of these dumb things? Um, so listen, I'm going to tell you that this week, what is happening is you're going to have the uh, um, Vintage Bike OC. That's happening down in, uh, uh, gosh, Huntington Beach. It's 19071. Um, I want to say Fairfax Avenue, but that's totally not right. It's 19071. 190, let me pause this for like another half hour and go find this information. All right. It was right there on the tip of my hat. It was uh, 19071 Brookhurst Street, just south of Garfield. If you know Garfield, you know he's a cat that loves lasagna, just south of there in Huntington Beach. It starts at two and it goes to four. And there are tons of vintage bikes, uh, probably literally 2,000 pounds worth of vintage bikes. It's not like a billion bikes show up. It's a small, small, tight-knit community. Um, very, very cool. And uh, yeah, happening this Sunday, November 13th. Also happening this, uh, the 26th, which I believe is the same weekend, the same Sunday as uh, right after after Thanksgiving is the Compact Octane happening out at the streets of Willow Springs brought to you by Compact Octane and our good friend, the sweet talker, Brady Walker, uh, disc jocker, and uh, I don't know, something else, uh, hardcore rocker. There you go. And it's going to be, um, yeah, the Compact Octane is bikes under 400 cc's. You can go follow them on Instagram if you want. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. 
and it's uh, caters right to the classic tac- track day folks. And I think that they're going to actually allow also Harley baggers because uh, there's some 400 cc's that are still faster than Harley baggers. And I, I would say that in jest, but it's not even funny nowadays because in the past it might have been true. But nowadays, those Harley baggers, they're getting so fast that uh, that's that's not a funny joke to make anymore. Harley baggers are the new sport bike, baby, and they have to be because sport bikes are going away. Yes, did you see that Suzuki <laughs> announced? Nice, nice segue, right? Uh, we're going to finish our, our events before we jump into some news. Um, the other thing going on right after LAB to V is, uh, I'm sorry, right? Just threw that one under the bus. Right after Thanksgiving as well is the LA B2V. That's the LA Barstow to Vegas ride. And uh, it's a two-day dual sport ride. I mentioned last week and I blathered on about dual sports and ADVs as if you didn't know the difference. Uh, But I I just wanted to make a point that I think it's appropriate to have a plated dirt bike or dual sport, not necessarily a scrambler ADV or anything like that. That's that's what I was trying to get out of that uh, message last week. So I apologize if I ran rambled on uh, too long. Um, but yeah, that's happening this weekend. This weekend, if you're going to be in Salisbury, North Carolina, which I'm glad I checked the deets because I think I said this wrong 13 minutes ago before I erased everything. Um, you can go to the Concerned Bikers Associates Fall Swap Meet and check out our pals at Mimi and Moto. It's a 10 to 6 and it says Charlotte, but, uh, but here on the on their website or on their ad, it says Salisbury, North Carolina. Uh, Mimi and Moto, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for partnering with us for this year. If you need something for that little one in your life right now, head over to mimianmoto.com. Uh, Mark and Nancy, they've been working on a book. Uh, they've already got two great books out, and they're working on a third, and it's called Mimi and Moto's Magical Meteors. It's Mimi and Moto, the Motorcycle Monkeys. They're magnificent and malevolent. No, they're not. I think that means I think that means evil, huh? They're not malevolent. They are magnificent and uh, benevolent. That's the only thing that doesn't start with an M. That's uh, what these monkeys. They're benevolent. And, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, First Gear, which is going to be a chapter book, and... Um, it's going to be coming out in just a couple months. I think on their website, they have a, a digital sneak peek that you can go check out. So mimiandmoto.com or www.mimiandmoto.com on the internet if you need that sort of uh, direction. And they want you to join their mission to get more children excited about motorcycles. They have been hitting the circuits hard. They have been uh, doing lots of events recently, popping up everywhere. And it's a great story. It's a great company and a great couple. And um, if you could do me a favor, go buy a couple of great items, which includes their existing books, Mimi and Moto, uh, The Adventures of Mimi and Moto, rather, Mimi and Moto Ride the Alphabet. And uh, they got t-shirts, onesies, ornaments, and plushies. So maybe you don't have anybody right now, but maybe you know somebody that's got a little bun in the oven. And in about a month and a half, it's like, hey, Christmas time would be a perfect time for you to open up a a onesie right there underneath the old, uh, or a plushie that's a a monkey on a motorcycle that says, hey, hey, from the day you were born, you saw motorcycles, and that started your passion for riding. And uh, it's going to be a great backstory for a lot of kids. So go help them out, mimianmoto.com. And also, uh, Chris Wiggins, our own, uh, should we call him house? He's not really like a house brand. He is like our uh, favorite hooligan. He's been doing a lot of knife shows recently. And uh, it would also behoove you, now that he's got a little one in the house, to uh, 
go over to Field Initiative Knives. And if you're on Instagram, that's field underscore initiative underscore knives. No more underscores. But I don't want to underscore the quality of these uh, Field Initiative Knives. I have mine on me. I've used it every single day this month. If you could have something like Inktober, I'm going to say Knife Vember. Like I've literally used this thing every day this month um, from cutting... Uh, small things in the garden uh, to opening packages to like literally using it as a tool, like a hardcore tool of stabbing some things and, you know, just really putting, putting the tip to use, putting the edge to use, prying, you know, leveraging, uh, things. And, and, uh, I've actually stabbed it into a sprinkler a few like over the summer and used it as a screwdriver to screw things out, but I couldn't get it with my regular screwdriver cause it's not wide enough to embed into the uh, sides of the sprinkler head that the the guys ran over. Um, so what I did is I used one of Wiggins this knife and it fit perfectly in there and it just sliced that sliced into the PVC like a dream because I always keep it sharp and, and it didn't bend the tip or anything. It was very, very durable. So go over there, uh, field initiative knives. He makes all sorts of great, um, shapes and sizes and, uh, different, different uses. So just go over there, there, and there's as many, uh, as many knives as there are monkeys in Motorcycle Monkeys. And uh, both Wiggins uh, have a, has a new baby and Mimi and Moto. I think I'm going to go because uh, Kevin at Steady Garage, I learned over the summer that he also is a new dad. And I'm not 100% sure how, how old his baby is. But uh, there you go. I have two Mimi and Moto books that I already plan on giving away myself to these uh, Moto dads. So go for it. Uh, Field Initiative Knives, MimiandMoto.com, and uh, hell, Steady Garage while I'm at it. And uh, mentioning Steady, speaking of Steady, uh, to talk about Steady, let's chat about Steady. If you were at SEMA, because I wasn't at SEMA this last week, but uh, I saw some footage from over there. I think it was maybe even two weekends ago. If you were over at SEMA, let me know. It looked like Joe Sebergandio from Joe's Mini Bike Reunion was over there. And there was a heck of a lot of stuff. Like I think OMB had some stuff there and uh, MoFabCo and Steady was over there. And uh, I saw that it looked like they had a little event going on that was mini bike related, which is awesome. It's... uh, Excuse me. It's predominantly, you know, vehicle related. Um, and so if there is a lot of moto stuff over there, I have an in. I mean, maybe I should use it and get over there. So let me know. Is SEMA worth us visiting? I'm, I've given up on AIM. IMS doesn't exist anymore. I'm sure as heck not flying to ICMA. So is it SEMA? Is SEMA what we need to jump to? Um, also, let me see. What else we got going on? I think that's about it for uh, current events and news. Coming out of ICMA, there was so much happening um, that I'm not ready to discuss it this week. I'd like to keep this week's show uh, kind of, you know, we're trying to hit the hour mark and we haven't done that very successfully since I said we would try. Uh, But this week, I think we can do that. Uh, So we're probably talking about ICMA next week. Um, We we already kind of mentioned last week what some of the things might be coming out. You know, the parallel twin from Suzuki. Guess what? That was true. That came out. Uh, you know, there, I kind of want to catch up with some more of the electric stuff. Cause I saw a lot of electric bikes on the uh, vendor list, but I haven't seen that much news. So I'd really like to catch up with that. We all don't care about Buell's 200 horsepower dirt bike. Um, 
And the crazy thing, like the uh, the hydrogen bomb, Suzuki, uh, Kawasaki side by sides coming out, and the and the hydrogen stuff coming from Kawasaki, next level, right? Mind blowing. So um, yeah, I'm excited, and and maybe EV doesn't turn out to be the future after all. Maybe we've been pushing for you know, a ton of infrastructure and stuff like that, but maybe it turns out it's hydrogen is the way to go. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, so we'll talk a lot about ICMA next week. Uh, on this week's show, we need to get into, uh, we need to get into what's happening and, uh, you know, get in with our guest right now. Um, who is in Florida, by the way, and I don't know if we mentioned this in the in their interview, but I just want to say, hopefully, everyone is safe. My coworkers in Florida, I didn't see you at work today, so <laughs> online, so I hope you're safe. Um, and yeah, I everybody that's still recovering from Ivan a few weeks ago or a few yeah a few weeks ago, uh, I guess Nicole was that this uh, was that this one. Um, I hope that. Uh, yeah, you didn't get double impacted by this one, but yeah, did a did a wild banana up there through the states, and also um, last week's show dropped right before Dia de los Muertos happened. So happy Dia de los Muertos to everybody uh, from last week, and today happens to be Veterans Day. By the time you hear this, you'll be like, "Hey, I wasn't listening 18 years ago when you released that." So listen, today's Veterans Day. Thank you very much, and I did want to mention that today's guest very humble as he is, did not even mention on the show that he is a uh, veteran, recently retired and living the dream. So uh, no further ado, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back with our guest and the uh, extent of the show. Episode 285, Creative Writing Merch Like a Podcast. Hello? Is this thing on? Tobor? For over 131 years and several months, Klobman's has been supplying quality pickles to motorcyclists the world over. Legendary icons such as Sylvester Roper, Oscar Hedstrom, William Harley, Betsy Stringfield, Frank Willoughby Cotton, Evil Knievel, Nikki Hayden, and Sachiro Honda have all quenched their desires for a thick, juicy pickle sliding across their greasy, willing lips with none other than a fine specimen from Klopman's. Join the Hall of Fame, win your first race, impress the judges, put a Klopman's in your mouth, and a championship trophy on your shelf. Klopman's, not for dreamers, for doers. Klopman's, the only pickle for motorcyclists. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. All right, everybody, welcome back to Creative Writing. Thank you so much to all of our advertisers and sponsors. Uh, I wanted to say uh, we have a special guest on on this week's show, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be covering uh, someone. So yeah, um, I want to say hi uh, to Matt. Up oh, apparently, Tobor wants to say hi too. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. I'm good, Junkie. Hey, Tobor. Nice to uh, nice to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, 
I think that uh, sound well today. Oh, how come you never say stuff like that to me, Tobor? You never tell me I sound good. Because you always sound like a dying rat. Whatever. I um I want to go ahead and uh talk about something that has uh would have been really good to go into for Halloween. However, um you know, as timely as timely as it was, but simply because of this this person's uh, a name, and we'll get into that in a sec. But yeah, I thought I'd enlist the help. You, you're you're very beneficial when it comes to these history lessons, and uh, everybody loved our cub episode. And, and uh, I've I've been thinking Great. a lot about now that you're back in the states. You know, I need all I need all the help I can get. So, uh, yeah. Before we get into all that, how the hell are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, life's been pretty good. The weather's uh, cooling down around here finally, so uh, it's not so crazy hot and humid. Yeah. Um, my uh, my my school's going well. The kids are settling in. Um, nice. I mean, with the exception of these uh, these storms that keep wanting to uh, to derail our weekends, <laughs> uh, it's a uh, life's pretty good. Yeah. And speaking to that, yeah, I have a coworker that lives down by you, and uh, I've heard that there's another one coming in, and they haven't even cleaned up the first one. So yeah, the life Florida lifestyle, um, and we actually got a little bit of rain, a very very uncharacteristic rain here in SoCal, as in like a crazy torrential downpour. Like I couldn't believe how much it was it was raining. It was that it was that scary, dude? It was nuts. But uh, yeah, so we um, same same here. We've been uh, kind of kind of just dealing with it and and uh and it's but the the one thing is it's not 3000 degrees it's very nice so i had to agree agree on that um and another thing i don't remember if we touched on that before you mentioned school i don't know if we talked about it last time you were on yet or not but you're going to tech school you're uh actually it's kind of funny because you're using my uh our my my company's sister company as, as part of your um curriculum i think um, how's that going and what exactly are you doing? So I'm taking a Marine and RV technician program at a local tech school. And, yeah. uh, so far it's, it's going pretty good. Um, it, it's it, like a tech school. It has been a lot of hands-on. So, yeah. um, at least Monday and Tuesdays I have my tech classes. Wednesday I have like a kind of a gen ed class. But Mondays and Tuesdays on my tech classes, they've been pretty good. I, I've gotten out, we've got some labs um, my first class is, is a fundamentals class. Um, and so it's kind of very heavily automotive based, which is nice. cool. Uh, I, I've gotten to play with some, uh, some neat equipment, you know, a tire changing machine. And, and, uh, I think next week we're going to do some tire balancing as well. Many, so that'll be neat to do that. How many boats do you change tires on? Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm guessing zero, but that's cool. No, I mean, yeah, even the little stuff is fun. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, how's the curriculum? Because if if you don't like it, I could put in a good word probably for you. <laughs> on the uh, on on my my fundamentals class side, it's it's a little uh, it's a little basic, but I mean it's it's like a lot of things, right? They have to, uh, you know. So I'm the oldest student in my class, and I believe the youngest student is 18. So oh, I literally wow, okay. could be his father. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, and he's got no experience where I come in with a bunch of experience. And then there's a bunch of other guys that have some experience. There's a couple of guys that actually work as techs currently, and then they're just kind of coming to, to, you know, put a certificate behind the, um, behind their name so that they can get a, a pay raise or something. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. In my second yeah. class. So my second class, I'm actually kind of deeper into the topic. It's an outboard engines class. 
And the school for their outboard engines class is sponsored by Yamaha and uses a Yamaha curriculum that awesome. Yamaha develops for its technicians. So on in that class, so in my first class is where I get to uh, I get to play with software that your sister company has put out, which has been really actually helpful on a couple of things. And then in the Yamaha in the outboards class, I get to use Yamaha software to access uh, like dealer level software, so I can access uh, publications, all the manuals, um, yeah. parts lists, all that kind of stuff. So in, hmm. that class is where I've been really rocking and rolling over uh, the last three weeks. I, I've broken apart and put back together like three or four engines. These are uh, these are non-running demo engines. They kind of have a pile of these non-running demo engines around, and uh, it's kind of like, all right, take it apart, put it back together. And you know, it might be missing some pieces here and there because it's been taken apart and put back together so many times. But uh, yeah. you know, getting into you know taking an engine and, and breaking it all the way down, you know, pistons out, rods out, crankshaft out, you know, head off, that kind of thing, and then putting it all back together um, has been just really good to to get out there and, and play with the tools like that. Yeah, it's also fun. I mean, it gets you also comfortable with, you know, uh, oh, don't split the cases. Don't you know? A lot of times when you're hearing people, especially shade tree mechanics, and obviously first timers would never even think some people are scared to change their own oil. But uh, you know, you hear that stuff. Like it just gets you super familiar with, um, you know, it's a chore, but it's not. It's not the end of the world. And and yeah, like people, oh man, you had to open the case on that. The bike's done, you know, or that motor, or whatever. It's like no, people split motors apart at racetracks all the time. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, do you uh, you want to jump into this week's episode? Yeah, man, let's hit it. This is uh, this yeah, doing the little research. This was super super interesting. It's a really cool topic, and I'm glad I'm glad you chose it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna start off. We're gonna jump back, and uh, I don't know if you can hear a whole bunch of banging, and I'm moving stuff around on my my board. So I hope it's not coming across in the in the mic. Uh, let me let me know if I start making some annoying noise. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so listen, we're going to jump into the, the man, the myth, and the hooligan. And uh, we'll start the story off like this. <clears throat> so back in 2001, a man named Nick Woodman conceptualized a small mobile ac action camera for surfers. And in 2002, he founded a company and started developing and testing this product for about two years before introducing it publicly at a sports trade show in San Diego. He funded the project with a little bit of money from his parents and by selling belts that he made from beads and shells out of his VW van, which is because he's a surfer. So I guess you could say he sold seashells by the seashore, huh? Uh, but in 2004, GoPro, the GoPro Hero and Hero One hit the market. And at this time, these were still 35 millimeter film cameras just encased in a waterproof uh, covers basically all they were but in 2006 the first digital version took off which could capture get this 10 second clips uh starting america's well starting the world's uh short attention span <laughs> you know pandemic so it took a while for them to catch on but eventually it was more than just surfers that found a use for these little action cams and 10 years after the camera's first concept the hero 2 was released in 2011 and it still looked a lot like a, a two, early 2000s mini camera, and it wouldn't really be until 2014. So, I mean, in the in the whole in the whole con, you know, when when, you, when you're thinking about the whole shebang here, the whole burrito, it's just the tip. The last few last few bites where uh, the Go 
GoPro Hero 3 dropped in 2014 and GoPro becomes this huge hit and, and we start seeing videos all over the internet. It's got a 6.9 aspect ratio, 4K UHD video, and almost a decade later, there's thousands of action cameras now, ranging from very cheap Chinese knockoffs to super expensive ones that can stream live video, ultra high quality live video from the camera. Bluetooth connectivity, you know, we got the Insta cameras, the little bullet cameras, uh, more GoPros. I think they're, they're on like GoPro 14 or 17 now. So what is all this? Uh, what this all has in common with today's story is that none of it existed when today's story starts, nor did YouTube, which wasn't founded until 2005. So although videos of bikers worldwide stunting, doing rolling burnouts on public roads, running from the cops, doing rides of the century, all of that stuff is a, basically a staple of today's outlets like YouTube, Instagram, Reddit, and they all, and TikTok, they, they usually cross post across each other. And now YouTubing bike videos is an actual profession. Um, the subject of today's story was doing all of that and more well before any of these things existed. So we're going to hop in our 500 horsepower turbocharged time machine, take a trip back 20 years to the time when man and machine first started to terrorize the streets on video. And we're going to go in search of Ghost Rider 666. So before we jump in here, had you heard of Ghost Rider before? No, I hadn't. Uh, this is the once once uh, you sent me kind of some of the some of the basic notes. I started digging into it, and uh, wow, there's yeah. there's a lot out there on this guy, but it's not <laughs> right on the surface, you know. No, like like no. once you break once you break through the surface, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole ecosystem of Ghost yeah. Rider out there, but yeah, yeah it's uh, pretty and crazy. I, I remember watching these videos, thinking, "Oh my god, this guy's a nutter!" Right, and so just like with everything on the internet, the the super recent stuff is there. I, I feel like libraries are becoming more. Uh, and more valuable because on the internet, there's so much content now that it gets washed, you know, everything gets glossed and you can find stuff. It's easy. It's great because everything can be digitized and archived and accessible throughout the, uh, from across the globe. But at the same time, there's so much out there and there's so much to dig through that you're right. It's not on the start. You have to start digging down and down and down and to find like reliable information becomes even harder with the internet. So, yeah, that's why this uh, this this uh, I, I remembered watching some of these videos that he put out, and I'm thinking this is nuts. Like we got to I got to cover this guy. It would have been awesome to do it for Halloween, being Ghost Rider. But this guy has you know this guy has transcended uh, time. So I, I think any time is a good time to cover. Um, so do you know when he when it started? Do you have any idea when he started uh, doing his um, you know his quote videos? So the when I was looking into it, it looked like he got his start with the ideas. I think in two thousand one, and the mm -hmm. first DVD came out in two thousand two. Yep. Um, he, one of his friends showed him a video called "Getaway in Stockholm," which was a car video where these cars got away from cops. And this is two thousand one. Before, I mean, we really didn't have video services. I'm sure you could have found it on the internet, but I think he straight up had a VHS or a DVD, maybe even a Blu-ray or beta in max at this time. It's 2001. We still had all this crap, right? So uh, he shows him this video and he looks at it and his very first reaction 
is this is more fake than bleeping boobs. And I don't know <laughs> if the bleeping was somebody's name or just, you know, boobs, but he said, this is, this is worse than fake boobs. And he, he's saying the video, it's a car chase through Stockholm. Uh, the, the cops are fake. The speeds are fake. Uh, all these scenes are faked. Um, and in a later interview with Superbike magazine, he would actually say that. And this was 2001. And so his friends and he, he said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to make a real getaway video. And for some reason they, you know, they live in Sweden and they figured Stockholm is our, their hometown. So they're going to go and Ghost Rider was unleashed on the, uh, the public. So yeah, absolutely. And his first video came out in 2002. I, I believe he'd been doing this stuff way before, you know, in the early or late nineties, he'd probably been doing, uh, some of this stuff and, uh, just started actually making videos uh, to release in 2002. Um, the cool thing is, is uh, I think the name of his first video was Ghost Rider, The Last Ride. Yeah, yeah. Which exactly. it was kind of funny because uh, I guess uh, some of the background was is that it was just supposed to be kind of a one and done. Yep. Um, but then, you know, with the budding, um, the budding internet out there in 2002, I guess it started taking off. So The Last Ride became the first ride and exactly. then more and more videos got released after that. Yeah, he. Uh, I saw six in total, um, six full lengths, and they ended in 2012, which is ten years ago, right? Yep. Uh, and so uh, there was a lot of a lot of people that speculated that he had died or got arrested, uh, things like that. Um, and so I don't know. Do you do you have any highlights from any of these videos? I I I've just watched the uh, the last one last night. I'd watched the first one all the way through. Um, a couple of days ago, but I, I have watched these videos snippets here and there on YouTube, you know, for years. And that's what made me think of this guy. I think, you know, this, I've never thought of this as a show topic. I don't know why, because this guy's a nut. Right. And, uh, um, yeah, the final ride, you're right. It was supposed to be like a, uh, the, it was the one and done. And it was just to prove that the, uh, the getaway in Stockholm was fake. And I don't know why, for some reason they decided that car chase, scenes would be awesome because I know in the motorcycle industry or in the community, especially here, like in SoCal, a lot of people are doing those ride of the centuries. There was that ride a few years ago where, um, the guy in New York got beat up, you know, uh, pulled out of his car. I think it was quite a few years ago now, but there was a family and they ran over a motorcycle cause they got freaked out and everyone mm. pulls them out of the car and it's like closing down freeways. And, and, and there was a big controversy over, running from the cops and doing that sort of hooligan stuff a few years ago. And now it kind of seems a little bit more commonplace. And I don't know uh, what made Stockholm the, uh, the birthplace of this, but it, it appears as though people love, <laughs> love to outrun cops in Stockholm. I have no idea. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to take a drink of water here and let you uh, fill in. If you got anything on, um, on a, you know, his his first movies. I don't know if you got a chance to peek at some of the f- clips from it. Yeah, so it, it's kind of hard because when you start, when you actually start scratching the surface and, and digging into the YouTube, uh, you'll get a whole lot of people, and, and I don't know what, if any, of their connection to the actual real Ghost Rider is, but you'll find a lot of his clips, but there'll be clips that are pulled out of his videos. Um, so when he first got started, like, like Junkie was saying, there's six videos and the first one was in 2002, and then in 2003 was number two, 2004 was number three, 2005 was number four. So once a year, he's doing these videos. And when you actually start watching the videos, you can think, man, 
once a year, that's some pretty tight timelines if you're thinking about statue limitations. Now, yeah. you know, he's doing the stuff. It looks like he's doing it in Sweden, from what I could tell. I don't know if you know Sweden's got a statue of limitations on a on a hooligan rip down the main street or something like that. Yeah. But <laughs> one a year, especially for some of the stuff he's doing, you gotta think that's a lot of planning in between that kind of thing. And it's probably like a lot of stress as well when you're talking about, well, okay, well, we gotta plan this out, we gotta do this, that, the other thing. So um seeing like when it get there i haven't i've only watched i think i watched the most recent one and then i think i watched the first one where he did the big run yeah and then everything in between was just so many clips of here and there so it's kind of yeah. a mishmash of different scenes it's hard to tell which one came from what movie because his actual like uh youtube presence and social media presence is actually really small. Yeah. That was something I found interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and you know that's something that contrasts to d- today when people are just trying to put out, you know, five Instagram clips a week, you know, they're treating social media like a job and he was like he literally was the ghostwriter, you know, he's he's staying kind of secret um and he's doing a lot of these crazy uh stunts and stuff and to, like you said, that timeline is incredible and he put them out on DVD. And uh, I read an article that he was talking um, about somebody who'd actually asked him about that. Hey, what is like how you aren't you scared of putting these DVDs? You're on video, right? You're on video doing <laughs> you, you got yourself committing the crime. And he said in Sweden, there's the law is like good and bad in one way. It's good for him because uh the police can't just have evidence of you. They actually have to catch you red-handed, which means I even if they're that. yeah, if they're chasing you on your bike or in your car and they get your license plate number and everything, they can't just say, "Hey, you and, and you ditch them." They can't come to your house and say, "Hey, we caught you drive." They you know, what if somebody stole your car or somebody's borrowing it? They have to stop you and apprehend the actual person in the car. Um and so you, it can't just be that it's, you know, they visit the owner's house and you're there and so they're going to arrest you. So he said it several times he almost got caught. Um, and one time he did have to ditch a vehicle. And since it didn't have plates on it or anything like that, or it was a brand new vehicle that he had uh, he had got from his, with the salvage title. So it wasn't even in his name. And he said they did get the car that time, but they physically have to get you. And that's why he wasn't worried about any of this stuff. He wasn't worried about... Um, you know, he could have had a he could have had uh, uh, probably used his real name, and until they could catch him red-handed, <laughs> I don't think there's a way, at least at that time, that the laws um, let them get him. Um, and another thing, you know, like you said, that that is a crazy timeline to plan all that stuff out once a year. Hell, it's hard. It's hard to do. Uh, you know, once a year YouTube videos for me. I mean, I know there's people mm-hmm. that it's their it's their career, but I mean, if you figure this guy's a, a normal everyday Joe. Um, doing this stuff, I don't know how they funded it either because he was putting out DVDs and uh, I don't think those are, you know, free to <laughs> free, free to make, you know? So, uh, yeah, well, it, that, I guess that turned out to be kind of maybe part of the downfall of, of the whole Ghost Rider series is that the internet made him popular, but the internet also took away from his ability to keep doing it. Right. Um, in, in an interview I, I read about him, um, uh, it was a British magazine, but this is Superbike Interview, probably the same one you mentioned yeah, yeah. earlier. Uh, he said that um, by by the fifth one, he just broke even, 
And the sixth one, he was out about 50 grand in making it because uh, by that time, everybody's learning how to to rip off the videos and and bootleg the videos and sell them. So his first four, he actually made money selling the DVDs. But by that fourth one, you know, he had, uh, you know, he he was basically a a victim of his own success in that era, I guess. So yeah, um, maybe for the good or for the bad, you know, the internet, you know, the internet take the internet giveth and the internet taketh (laughs) away. Taketh away. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But it was cool. um, So you you talk about being caught. So I I saw that same thing about the Swedish law and it was really cool because in every one of the videos, he's like the anti-stig, right? Yeah. All black leathers, black helmet, dark black visor, you know, the visor's never up. You, you don't even see, you don't even see this guy's skin tone at no. all. He's completely covered. And even then it, the, the, the leathers, I, I don't know if he specifically did it, but they almost look like they're logoless. You know, yeah. there's no, there's no big Dinesi or Alpine uh-uh. stars or anything like this guy was, this guy, you know, he, he pulled out the, he pulled out the rule book and he read it and he's like, okay, I know where the, I know where the, the, yeah. the between the lines are here. Yeah. And I think uh, initially they didn't even have his name, but eventually I think they said Ghost Rider on the back, and that's it. You're right. They didn't n- nothing, no identifiable marks. Uh, and yeah, his bikes were all uh, mostly, for the most part, uh, all black. Um, which you know, at first, aside, I didn't, I didn't really know him as a as a taunter of the cops. Like, there's some people that you know run from cops, and that's their video, and that's those are the people that tend to get the. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know, they cause a lot of, um, polarization in the bike scene. Cause some people are like, yeah, you should run from cops. And some people are like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you're wrecking it for us. Now they're going to go after every biker, so on and so forth. Well, in Sweden, I guess it doesn't matter. Um, and he didn't care. And like you said, he he read the rule book. He knew what he could do. And uh, there's videos of him waiting for the police. He'll outrun them, and then he'll stop and wait for them to catch up. And then he'll go. And I was like, this guy's a nut. He's a total nut. Um, but some of the some of the things that he's best known for is his speed runs. Um, yes. And he would he would ride between Stockholm and Uppsala. And uh, there's a couple other ones where he did like some rides through Germany, I believe. Um, and he would he would do these speed runs between these cities that normally took like an hour and a half, and he'd do them in like 20 minutes or like you know 30 minutes. And it's like holy crap, you know he he and, and in massive traffic. He's not doing them at nighttime. He's not doing them with the roads closed. He's doing them in traffic, um, at like 200 miles an hour, you know, like I think, I think the top speed that I saw on his thing was like, uh, 199 and then it stopped, you know, it stopped. It couldn't, it didn't go faster than that on the thing, but I'm sure he was going faster than that, you know? So it's insane to just see him ripping through, uh, sometimes through traffic and sometimes through through these deserted roads that you're going, Oh my God, he goes off here. He's out in the, he's going to fly through the woods. You know, he's, he's going to be out there in a ditch somewhere for days and nobody's going to find him. But, um, but yeah. And, uh, interestingly enough, um, he used Suzuki's almost exclusively, which is kind of, I just read something that came from ICMA news today. I guess that Suzuki says they're not going to continue the GSXR in Japan and, and Europe, but they're going to keep it here. Um, but he exclusively used Suzuki's and his very first bike was a GSXR K one. Uh, and then later he went to that, uh, turbocharged Hayabusa. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he I read just, it in that Superbike interview, he talked about, um, you couldn't do it on the Yamahas. They they had the horsepower, but they just didn't have the durability, which I thought yeah. was pretty cool. Because I mean, you know, if you're talking about a durability test, you know, 20 minutes 
through traffic on the freeway, <laughs> you know, and I, I looked it up. So I saw that Stockholm to Uppsala run. I, I, after I watched the video, I went over and I went to Google maps and I actually, you know, did, I, I plugged it in. It's, it's something like 60 miles mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, it's 60 miles. And then I, I even got down and I did the, the Google street view so that I could take a look and go, okay, what is this guy working with? Right. And, um, I mean, so this is Northern Europe, you know, a nice, uh, socialist country there. So they got some pretty good roads. The roads look really nice. Um, about three, four lanes wide. The, the weird thing is, is the, um, the use of guardrails, which kind of mm. threw me off. Um, because the guardrails, there really is no shoulder on either side, either in the center or right. on the extreme right. So right. Yeah. it's one of those things there's, there's, he's, he's, you know, he's kind of working like a, you know, like, like a pinball machine there. He's in between these two guardrails plus all the cars. And, uh, looking at the, looking at the street view, Okay, I can see where you can get some good some good speed there, but man, when you watch him, I don't know how many times, you know, my my sphincter was clenched a few <laughs> yeah. times on that cuz he's I mean, he's you know, he had to be playing chess out there just thinking four moves ahead, you know, trying to plan where all this traffic was. Right. I mean, it seemed like the Swedish drivers were uh were pretty pretty consistent, you know. I don't I don't know if you could I doubt you can get away with that in most places here in the States, you know? No, yeah, people you try. Know, everybody's you, so erratic here. Exactly. And then there's people that see you come and split in a lane and they try to cut you off or something, you know? But yeah, yeah. like he he was uh, a ghost among cars. You know, he was he's flying through the... when he And he'd do wheelies at like 200 miles an hour between cars, you know? And I was like, what? That's what first got me also by his videos was he was doing like quarter mile wheelies at like 150 miles an hour, like nothing, you know? Well, he's got um, a record. He set a record in 2006. Right. Yeah. So 215 mile an hour wheelie. Yes. And uh, way back in 99, uh, I believe he started something called the Swedish wheelie team. And I think mm-hmm. it was more, uh, like a version of the Calamari race team. I think that's just what they call themselves because I like to go stunt and wheelie. But this dude named Gary, I've actually seen this video, Gary Rothwell. Uh, and they met up at this... Uh, at this airstrip. Oh shoot. I forget what it was called, but they met up at this airstrip in, in England and they were doing, uh, um, or in the UK somewhere doing these, uh, wheelies. And he had no problem. Ghost Rider had no problem calling anyone out for any reason. There was a bunch of people that he would say like, Hey, these, these guys are fa-, like you said, the internet fame. Now there's a bunch of copycats like turbo rider and some other team. And, and the, even the, even the getaway Stockholm crew, uh, nobody would challenge him to anything. And he, he had no, no trouble calling him out. So when this guy, Gary, um, Rothwell and him set out to, uh, set a wheelie record. Uh, he was interviewed. I think if it wasn't in sport bike, it was uh, another, another mag where he said, you know, I think Gary Rothwell is a crybaby, and I don't really want, really want to repeat his name anymore. And you can happily quote me on that. Like that's a quote from this interview. (laughs) And, and I saw this, uh, I did watch this, um, about a month and a half ago, I think I watched the the wheelie competition between them, and they're riding these bikes. And of course, he's on his turbo Busa, and the other guy, or no, he's on a Blackbird actually. And the other guy, I forget what he was on, um, but he he would ride up to like as fast as he could get to 200 miles an hour. I think he was doing like 186, 190 miles an hour. And then right before the finish line, he would just like stack the front suspension and barely pop it up like six inches for like maybe 10 feet, you know, just because he was going so fast is the only reason he got 10 feet. And Ghost Rider is like, that's not a freaking wheelie, dude. So he he went out and like 
showed him like, this is what I think a wheelie is. And he did a wheelie at like the same speed, like 190 miles an hour for like a quarter mile. And he's like, look, this is a wheelie, bro. Like really at least a, more than 10 feet. So they're trying it. Gary's bike blew up. <laughs> and uh, and so Ghost Rider loaned him his. And he's like, you can have 10 passes on it and then that's it. And, and the guy took way more than 10. I remember watching the video and Ghost Rider was just like, all right, I'll, I'll let him keep going. And he eventually burned up his clutch. So they get the clutch uh, fixed that he's like, dude, Gary sucks. He burned, <laughs> he burned the clutch up on my Blackbird. He gets it fixed and the next day goes back and does this like massive wheelie and beats beats the guy um and i guess there was more competitions and in 2003 after he set the wheelie record there he never went back because he's like look the, all these guys keep crying about like you know hey i don't think they're doing a proper wheelie they're doing a, a five foot they're bouncing the front wheel over the finish line they're not even riding it and b everyone's like talking crap about me and they don't you know so he quit doing that. And then, like you said, in 2006, uh, I forget exactly where he was, but yeah, two, 2.15, right? That was his uh, standing wheelie. Like, it's nuts. Um, I've never even been that. The fastest I've been uh, would be an airplane that goes that fast. You know, I've not yeah, only, exactly. Yeah. So it, that is just insane to me. Riding, I've only ever ridden up to about 150, 160 miles an hour. And that was scary enough. <laughs> so to do yeah, a wheelie, I haven't even been that high. <laughs> yeah. Doing a wheelie at that speed, I would say would be a definite brown code brown you know what i'm saying um so yeah and 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 like you said he um you mentioned earlier that he uh you know did a bunch of bunch of crazy videos and a lot of them had speed runs and i i did see some um i think i saw i watched ghost uh ghost rider undercover which i think was his uh film that came out in 2005 so it must have been his fourth film and that one was kind of funny he's like in a subaru car for some of it and he like goes and gets this little like snow sled thing and uh he attaches it when, when people are pulling up to the stop sign he's like hiding and he runs up and he hooks it to their tow hitch on their car and then they, <laughs> they pull onto the freeway and he's on this little like one of those little children's sleds, you know, like just holding on. It's like the kind that has a little steering wheel and you sit on it, kind of like a tricycle, but oh, it has I saw skis. That one. <laughs> yeah. Dude, but I only the- saw like a clip of him like oh. being pulled down behind this behind this car on the freeway. And I'm just yeah. like, this guy's a nutter, <laughs> man. Yeah. So how he got there was he hid and this delivery truck pulls out onto the freeway and he runs over and they pull off before he can hook hook it to the bumper. And then this car goes there and he goes over and hooks it. And it could that part could have been staged, could have been his friend, because they they waited he hooked it and then it took him a little bit to pull off but once they pulled off he, he's just whipping back and forth I mean, you know it's like being on an inner tube on the freeway you don't have steering control and he's just like whipping back and forth it was pretty funny so that and the subaru i had to watch a few times too because um he almost got caught in the subaru and i think there's only one time that he almost got caught on his motorcycle but in the subaru uh did you ever see did you see that footage at all i read about it but i didn't i didn't oh. couldn't find that one yeah, dude, that's a, I forget which one that was. I think that was also in the undercover, uh, Ghost Rider Goes Undercover. Um, he uh, He's in a Subaru and he had an, a really nice silver Subaru that he would also bait the cops in. Still wear his full leathers and helmet in the Subaru too. He he never had his, you know, they never knew his face. And still today, uh, 
people, I'm not 100% sure if the face that people think is, is him is really him. But yeah, he, he wore his helmet with the dark visor and everything, even at night in that Subaru. Um, and he had a really nice Subaru that he would like go and drift. And I'm, look, I'm going, dude, this is like Ken Block stuff before Ken Block was even Ken, you know, like 2001 and two and three people were not, I, I, drifting was getting started then, but it wasn't as big as it is now with like Jim Connor and all that stuff. Right. So he was, he was doing that stuff early and he was just as good as of a, of a car driver and a drifter as he was a, uh, a motorcyclist. He just like, dude, this dude just had motor talent all over. I mean, hell, he rode that little ski bike thing behind the car on the freeway as good as I could ride a motorcycle on the freeway. So <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Another, another clip I saw was him riding a snowmobile up and down through oh. uh, like, um, it looked like a, like probably like a government building or something uh-huh. like that. Um, you know, he's ripping this thing up and down. Um, and uh, number one, it surprised me at how well this thing looked like it handled. It actually looked like it was pretty fun out there on the road. Um, but he was hauling butt on this thing. So, you know, here's, it's the middle of the summertime. You got a dude in all black leathers riding around a bright red snowmobile in the middle of the traffic. Oh dude, he was doing it in the summertime. Yeah, he was doing it. It was not, it was not snow. It was, it was, you know, it it looked, you know, it probably had like a rubber track and and maybe wheels on the front skids, but he was ripping up and down. Um, you know, it's two stroke too. So just making a, making a, a huge racket. Um, and then um, I saw another one where, so you mentioned that he he never been caught, right? He almost caught a couple of times, but never been caught red-handed in the act, like like Swedish law requires, I guess. Right, right. But there was one time I saw he's uh, he's pedaling down the street on a BMX bike with his full leathers on, and and a police officer like pulls him over, um, you know, uh, a standing police officer like pulls him over to probably give him a little what are you doing out here dude kind of yeah. talk you know <laughs> i thought that was funny because because there was another video where he's like mm, what am i gonna ride today and he you yeah. know he does this like first person view and he goes down to his his little car park basement and he's got like suzuki 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 snowmobile bmx bike and yeah. they're all like lined up you know in his garage <laughs> i i'd read that he'd done some stuff on the bmxer but i didn't see it and that's that's the the beauty of having like six videos is people will t- take four minute snips and the, and there's like decades of him on on YouTube, right? So yeah, that, that would have been funny if he ran from the cops on, on a BMX bike. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, especially even after the very, very first video he put out, people started to reach out and challenge him, either in their country or in Sweden. And he thought it was... Pers- this is what I like about it. He, he Even though he totally baited the cops, a lot of times it was at nighttime, so there wasn't that much traffic, but he would bait the cops and do all this crappy shit but he would never do he would never do it with other people he was never racing anybody or riding in a big group um and he thought it was never a safe idea to race anyone on the public streets so he said hey if you guys want to challenge me to like a speed race let's go to Nürburgring said, we'll take it to the track but no one ever took him up uh, on it um and he went as far as calling them sissies and chickens and it was uh, it was uh, that turbo rider guy from Germany somebody from uh, a couple other bike gangs from Sweden but in 2006 and Ghost Rider uh, goes undercover he said someone actually caught his eye he's like I saw this person riding like a demon through uh, Stockholm with potatoes MC on their jacket and he'd seen him a few times and finally he caught up to him and stopped them and they agreed to do this race through uh, Stockholm and the thing was is they sat down and they drew out a, a course together 
and so it wasn't like, hey, you arrive at point eight, you know, you don't you don't get here before I do because you took a shortcut. They have to ride the exact same course. And if they're within five seconds of each other, they get pinks. So if, if what's this, if the potatoes MC guy is in front, but but uh, Ghost Rider is like within five seconds behind him, um, Ghost Rider gets his pink slip and vice versa. And then they start they go and the whole race was in uh, was in um, Ghost Rider five, which is um, I think it was uh, Ghost Rider goes undercover, uh, uh, or or maybe it was Ghost Rider. Um, uh, back to basics. I'm not 100 sure, but uh, yeah, he said that um, you know him and this guy did this race, and and it, at the end it says you got to you got to wait to see who who uh, lost their bike. And so I, I I'm pretty sure that Ghost Rider d- d- had his Suzuki's forever, so I don't think he lost. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. He had some stationary cameras, and he had bike mounted cameras, so that tells you that he also had friends. Um, filming and like you said earlier the planning for all that stuff and then setting everything and and getting the cops to follow you down a certain road or having somebody ready on that uh on that piece of road you had to have planned that in advance where you're going to try and lead them and that leads me to believe um some of the rumors where people didn't know if it was him the whole time because on on one of them he's doing a backflip on a dirt bike or on a supermoto and they're like well is that really ghost rider but i think he probably could have you know he was super talented um but it led people to wonder if Ghost Rider was like a group of people. You know what I'm saying? So, well, that's uh, what I wonder too. With 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 how many clips? So, like I said, mm-hmm. like most of the stuff I found were presumably other people who had you know snipped a bunch of clips off the internet and then mashed them into different movies. Because I saw like Ghost Rider spelled slightly differently, like mm. all one word or two words or six, six point six. And you know, all these different ways is how, when I started trying to search to find this stuff. So I saw all these different videos and, and I had to wonder, okay, with all of these clips out there, was it one guy and a team of friends doing the filming or was it, you know, several guys who would don the leathers, you know, put on the mantle, like who's Zorro today kind of thing, right? you know? And, and and then go out there and do these, um, and that and in the end that that part of it still is a mystery, you know. Like yeah. I said, this this you know um, I know we're not gonna we're gonna save save the big reveal for the end, but you know once you start digging around and, and you start doing some internet detective work, it's kind of like this this guy you know, his social media presence is is really light, like he's yeah. really light out there, and. Um, and even then, if you saw him, like, so if the face that I saw that was attached to the name that is attached to the Ghost Rider, so what are we, like, third order separation, right? Right. But if if it's that guy, that guy doesn't look like somebody who can do 170 miles an hour for 60 miles from, right. you know, through freeway traffic. He looks like right. he looks like some dude who can make sure your pencils are really sharp yeah. and, and your spreadsheets are on point, you know, but he doesn't Which look is- like a guy like like that. Exactly what people say about me. You mean that geriatric old heap of potato skins over there actually can ride a motorcycle? And I, I have to tell them yes. So I understand. And also um, the fact that uh, there there obviously was a team working and they caught, and, and in, and in a lot of the... Uh, well, in a lot of the video, video and and website stuff, it would say Team Ghost Rider, Team, you know. So you're like, oh, mm-hmm. there is there is a team here, yeah. So definitely, um, yeah. Who is who is the actual face? It was like the Stig, you know. The Stig exactly. is a, say, wait, will we ever will we ever know 
and I know people are probably screaming, yeah, we know you, idiot. Well, hey, we, we probably know who the ghostwriter is. According to newatlas.com and a few other websites, um, you had mentioned that he went dark in 2012. Uh, 20, you know, there was a four-year gap. Um, well, there's a three-year gap between Ghost Rider Goes Undercover in 2005 and Ghost Rider Back to Basics in 2008. And I believe that was due partially to the... Um, like you said, some of the production stuff. And I think something happened with, I don't know if laws changed and he became culpable now for some of the stuff he had done. I don't, I'm not 100% sure what happened. But between 2008 and then 2012, when Ghost Rider 6.66 What the Fuck came out, that was another four-year gap. And that was his last video. So t- in 2012, uh, people were saying that he uh, was going to auction off his... Um, 499 horsepower turbo Busa that was built by MC Express, and you'll see a bunch of sponsors on the videos. He even thanked the police for being in a lot of his videos. <laughs> he had he was so cheeky and so brazen, dude. I couldn't believe some of the some of the stuff in here. But but yeah, like you said, the cost he was he was 50 grand in the hole for that last one. So I mean, that's possibly even another reason why it was so um so long in between releasing them. But that, uh, like you mentioned, the Yamahas he could never use, so he had all these Busas. And even that one Busa, the the uh, the turbocharged one that was making 500 horsepower, they had to detune it to back to about a 430, 440 horsepower because it, it was, it couldn't cool it. Like it was, the heat, it would overheat and shut off all the time. And he's like, you can't do that when you're Ghost Rider. You can't have a bike shutting off. So, um, they had to detune that one a little bit. And it's just like, all of these costs, all of these crazy things that are hidden that you don't even think about when you're when you're uh, super successful and people are trying to challenge you. And this, you know, all these all these things start to add up. And I, and I I'm guessing that that's why 2012 was his last uh, hurrah. And there's a ton of websites right around that time that say, "Hey, Ghost Rider's auctioning off his his Busa. Why is he auction? Whatever happened to his Busa? Yada yada." And I found one that was just updated this summer. Um, and that the Busa that he auctioned off was the one built by MC Express that he set that 215 mile an hour wheelie record on and the article fully went into it and then kind of stopped and did a total 180. And they were saying how, if you went to ghostwriter.net, you could go that, that website is not, um, valid anymore. Uh, like you said, his social media is not really heavy. He was still active on Facebook groups, but it's not even known if they actually gave that uh, bike away if they auctioned it off. So it's very possible that that set up, things fell through, and that bike is still somewhere in someone's basement who can be possibly confirmed as as the Ghost Rider. But so even even the the what happened to Ghost Rider is a very big mystery. Um, in 2016, the Swedish police arrested a 20 year old motorcyclist who had taunted them on video. They had tracked him down by using some of his own footage and doing some stakeouts and they went to his house. So I don't know if laws changed either by 2016 from, you know, 20, 2001 or whatever, but they used, they backtracked, they found this guy, they got the computer and they used the, they, they seized it and they used the videos on it. And the IP address and everything that identified him and and had the same metadata as the videos online, they used that to arrest him. So they must have changed the laws a little bit. Um, but the guy was 20 years old. And like you said, I don't know if he spelled ghostwriter the same way. And so the real ghostwriter at this point, like you said, is not 20 years old. 
is either in his late 40s, possibly even early 50s by, by 2016. And so this copycat actually got jailed. Probably Ghost Riders was happy about it, you know, right. <laughs> sitting back going, yeah, listen, they never caught me, you know, like I made it. So really, really interesting cat. Um, and yeah, I just two weeks ago, actually, I don't know if you um, noticed this, but he's got a Patreon and he goes by Ghost Rider, the real one. Because like you said, again, there's copycats, there's people that spell it a little bit different. There's 8,000 people online who have just taken his clips and propagated him around. And I, have you, there's this, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say that I've even seen it, but there's this movie called The Scarlet Pimpernel. Have you ever seen it? Feel free to say no. I, no, I haven't. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I've I've heard about it somehow, but yeah. I don't know. It's a ridiculous movie, but one of the best best lines was they seek him here, they seek him here, they seek that damned pimpernel everywhere, or something like that. <laughs> and I was reading this article and that's how it started out. And I was like, oh my God, they're quoting the Scarlet Pimpernel of all things to talk about Ghost Rider, who was very much uh, like Scarlet Pimpernel was like 15th century ghost rider, basically, who mm. Zorro kind of character who nobody knows who he is. And dude, he's out there and he's got Ghost Rider, the real one, just so you know that this is me. His his fa- his way of rubbing it in the faces of all the other copycats and guys who've got caught in this. Night. Like, hey, dude, I'm still the real one and I'm still here. And he just did, <laughs> he just did a 20 year reunion. Um, Upsala run, uh, and I think he posted it up two weeks ago. Um, and so, reportedly, he's a father of two. He's supposedly in his late forties, early fifties. And I don't know this new video and a bunch of the new content that he's posting on his Patreon and that's coming up on the website. Maybe signals that he, he could be coming back out of uh, retirement. Or he's at least getting active again. Or maybe this is like uh, like being you could you could tell us all about this being in the military. You you calm down and it's no fun anymore. You got it. You you thrive. You know you you thrive on the excitement. And so maybe it's sitting around being a family man for the last ten years is catching up with him. And he's uh you know he's got the need for speed. I'm gonna let you uh I'm gonna let you reveal his identity. So I. I I don't know how to carefully do it, so I, th- I think you got a little bit more tact than I do when it comes to all this. So I'll let you uh, uh, give any personal details you think might reveal who who this is. So from what I was looking around, right, uh, doing doing the research, doing the internet sleuthing, eventually you come to the name Patrick Furstenhoff. Yeah. Good, good pronunciation too on that. Yeah, you know, I gave <laughs> gave it a go there. It's got the umlaut there, so I had to, yeah. had to have the umlaut face when I when I say <laughs> it. You know, um, and like I said, like when when you start looking for him, if you, if you type in his name and then you start typing in Ghost Rider, you get a few things up, and and a lot of it is uh, interviews from between you know right around that that 2010 to 2016 so it seemed like after that last video that 2012 video he kind of kept himself quote unquote relevant by doing interviews and and you know I, I don't know how many british motorcycle magazines you've read british motorcycle magazines rock they yeah. they are so cool they are cheeky they are you know thumbing thumbing their nose at the man a lot of ways i could see them like hyping some guy like this up and doing these interviews with him. Whereas yeah. maybe, you know, a lot of these, um, 
these uh, real scaredy cat companies here in the States to, you know, oh, we don't want to encourage that kind of behavior yeah. kind of thing, right? So that's where I saw like a lot of that stuff and that's everything points. And then eventually you can get to an Instagram page and it's like one Instagram page and it's got maybe six posts and it shows this dude, you know, he's a white dude with glasses. Yeah. And, 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 and a, and a nice, you know, chromey forehead like mine. And, uh, <laughs> so that, I can totally more... see him as a father of two, just, you know, sit, right. sitting around making sure that the spreadsheet's on point, like I said before. Right. And so that's even f- newer. The one I saw was same when he, when he, uh, went for the wheelie record with Gary Rothwell and he had a little bit graying hair then could have been late thirties, early forties, then more like probably more, um, you know, somewhere in his mid forties, uh, then because it was about, uh, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he was just hitting his early forties then because that was at least 10 years ago. I think that that video was maybe even, even longer. So the, the, the one that you're seeing and, and talking about the, uh, you know, the Chrome dome might is maybe even a more relevant one than I've seen and, and more recent. And a lot of people, um, you know, he did say that he, well, Patrick Furstenhoff was the guy that was in the wheelie competition for sure. And in some of these video uh, interviews, Ghost Rider alludes to that wheelie competition. Um, so yeah, people are saying, hey, this is his identity revealed. Um, but if you still go back and look at any of the videos, he doesn't really. So I think it could be, it could be a, um, you know, a, a, a Nixon deep throat issue mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, it could be, it could be a, a dread pirate Roberts or a junkie turdman where no one will truly know. I've, I've had several people go to events and say, you know, they're junkie turdman and get in and, and get some <laughs> stuff, but nobody, nobody will ever know, uh, potentially the real, you know, the real ghost rider. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that I think that probably that's who it is because this guy apparently was also. Um, did you see anything that he was like a former racer or something like that? No, I didn't. I didn't see anything like that. I just uh, I think it was mostly uh, motorcycle enthusiast type of. Gotcha. Thing. Yeah. So some of the stuff that I had read said that yeah, this Patrick Firstenhoff guy was a former racer. It didn't say club racer. Well, I obviously I've never heard the name, so I don't think he's MotoGP or anything like that. But he could have been a club racer. He's you know, he's good. Uh, Josh Heron does stuff like this, gets out on, uh, mm, yeah. you know, up, up here in, in LA going through the the hills and on his Ducati. So it, sometimes that's fun to catch people like that out ripping. So he, he could have been a racer and very well, somebody I read somewhere, just some random person guessing that he's like a Subaru dealer. And I was like, well, he does, he did have a couple Subarus. And <laughs> so he might, yeah. he, he would have had to have been a Subaru, something involved with Subarus if he's going to go out and, and run Subarus oh, pretty yeah. fast. You know, those, those things, yeah. uh, those things when they go, they, they aren't cheap. So, uh, no, no, somebody who had to have the back, the back end connection to get parts cheap for, uh, Subarus. Probably. Yeah, exactly. And you got to watch that one where the, they're racing the Subaru. He's, the, the stunt was that they had this really nice Subaru, the one that I was telling you, he was drifting all over. Doing and all this he's a very talented driver and then he got this other subaru that had been rolled and he drives over this uh he drives over this crest and you don't see what happens to the subaru but you hear some skidding and like it sounds like a fake crash sound like a like a you know uh what you could get on like a the internet soundboard somewhere and then he drives back in this 
wasted Subaru. And he's like, yeah, we got the Subaru from Germany that had been crashed. So that was the, the, the skit is that we take my nice Subaru over the crest and right as it comes out of, uh, right as it comes out of uh, camera s- site, we make the sound effect and then I drive our broken one back. Well, the broken one ran. They were just going to use it for parts and apparently it ran. So they decided to take it out and hoon it on the streets and the cops almost caught him in the Subaru that was had been rolled and wasn't in very good shape and uh, like the wheel was all wonky on it and they're still like outrunning the cops in this thrashed car that had been rolled, you know? So <laughs> And the cops hit him and they went up on two wheels and actually were at like a 90 degree, like you said, there's so many guardrails uh, in these videos and the cop wedged them between the guardrail and his car. And then when their front tire hit the cop car, it, they rolled up, just did like a cartoon and rode their tires on the side of the cop car. Cause it was like a van and, uh, we're riding like n- at a 90 degree angle. And as soon as they passed the front of the cop car that he said, luckily we slammed back down on our wheels instead of flipping over. Cause then they would have caught me. So, they by just the, a crazy stroke of luck and having the guardrail there so that they didn't flip over uh the car landed back on its wheels and they they got away and that's the car he had to ditch he said they ditched it and ran and the cops got the car but they obviously they were out of it by the time they found it so uh they couldn't ever point it you know point it back to him and it was they had just got it on a salvage title that week anyway so it wasn't even registered yet so i was like wow that was it's a scary scary scene because you think they're going to crash and i'm thinking how does he not how does he how does he get away like i I, you you imagine there would have been pop tires or like a blown radiator or something the way they hit so hard but he got away this guy was just a nut and now living the dream data too it gives gives me hope for guys like us like let's go start our hooligan (laughs) career today what do you say yeah, man, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Let me let me pop a couple of Advil and do some stretches there you go. before yeah. I get on the bike. There. Yeah, let me learn how to wheelie a lot better real quick. So it's been oh, uh, at all at know? all. Yeah, I, I'm terrible at wheelies. We were going to the uh, bike shed a couple of weekends ago with Wiggins, and him and his buddy are just popping wheelies all day long on their ATV bikes, and I'm trying to pop a wheelie on the Scrambler, and I just suck. I I can't get the front end in the air on this thing. Probably, uh, you know. The one time I do, it'll be like using everything it's got, and it's gonna loop it right, and I'm gonna yeah, have a exactly. 500 pound bike smash me in the junk. All right, yeah, yeah you're Frankie <laughs> Garcia, there, right? There you go. Hope you didn't like your spine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man. So that's uh, that's that's our show on Ghost Rider, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a great. Um, I mean, it's a cool story. It, it's again, I don't know where you stand on running from the cops. I'm not really 100 percent for it. Um, Although, in, if you're in a country that uh, has laws like that, that almost uh, begs for it, I'm, I guess I'm for it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think I've ever had to run from the cops, like really run, like have them behind me with the lights lit up. I think there's been a couple times where they heard us coming in a big group, and we were rolling stoplights and stuff as a train. And there's no way you're going to stop like 500 bikes. So right. I felt pretty safe in that situation. But yeah, I've never had to never had to. Outrun a cop, and I've never done a speed run from city to city. Although this did get me thinking about it, the uh, you know doing something called Yikes Peak with uh, Wiggins um, doing like a secret secret race to the clouds. Uh, we may we may have to talk about it. If you're ever in Cali, we'll 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 uh, I'll show you where it's at. We could we could time your run. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so get your calendar ready. Get your calendar ready, baby. Uh, we'll see you see you this Christmas. But no, yeah, I, I think uh, it was is. 
interesting to say the least. And like, uh, you know, as you've seen, there's just, you could sit there for five days straight and the videos will just keep coming, you know? It's so. a definitely a good way to waste some time on the internet, just doing, doing this stuff, watching this stuff and just sitting back, you know? And, and if, you know, if you're, uh, if you're one of those people that has, uh, that has issues with your rectal strength, yeah. just watching that Uppsala run, That'll, that'll get you working out, man. It's like whatever, you know, backdoor kegels or something like that. I I know, uh, I know I feel stronger after watching that. Wear an adult diaper. Watching it just going, ooh. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. Just wear an adult diaper and just in case you're not, you know, you're not up to work your way up to the, being able to watch it, uh, you know, without a diaper on and yeah, you're, you're doing good, but yeah, definitely. Um, well, Hey man, it's been an hour, almost exactly perfect timing. Thank you so much for hanging out and listen, um, let me know. Text me and let me know that uh, you made it through the storm uh, when it gets there because it doesn't sound like it's going to be fun. So, Or we'll maybe do. it is fun. We'll yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we are going to take a quick break. and We'll be right back with some more creative writing. Or maybe we won't. Maybe I'll just throw my computer out the window right here and uh, go for a high-speed run to uh, Pasadena. <laughs> All nice. right. Take it easy, Matt. Later. Bye. everybody hope you enjoyed this episode of creative writing motorcycle podcast thank you so much to matt and happy veterans day my good man i hope that your family cherishes your service as much as the rest of america does thank you so much uh and thank you for coming on and helping me fill in the gaps and uh yeah that what a great episode ghost rider 666 if you've never seen the guy now you've heard a whole hour of uh of his life go check out the videos and i I read something recently as of summer this year that he was in a horrible accident however just two weeks ago i swear he published uh something on his um on his uh, patreon like we mentioned on his youtube so go check out ghost rider the real one and go check out Club and Pickles. Uh, get some pickle team for this Christmas season. Go check out Mimi and Moto at mimianmoto.com. Go check out Field Initiative Knives and get your butts out to a motorcycle event this week, whether it's a race, whether it's a swap meet, whether it is a ride of the century, whether you do your own speed run from Uxbridge to Kelowna, you let us know how, uh, how your weekend's going to go on next week's show. The more you know. See you later, Joe. Bye. And peace and grace, Junkie Turdman. <laughs> <laughs>